how can I make the highest impact today, right? right? That is like the only thing on your mind. How do I make the highest impact? Hello, and welcome to The Green Pill. I'm Kevin Wacky, and this is the podcast about public goods and regenerative crypto economics. This episode is with Carl Flourish, who is the co-founder of Optimism and one of the primary advocates in the Ethereum ecosystem for public goods funding. I've known Carl for a couple years now, and he inspires me on many levels. The first is just the level of energy and optimism through which he operates. The second is his sheer brilliance in working at the Plasma Group and then later on optimistic rollups and launching the Optimism Layer 2 network. So I think that Optimism is a really exciting place because uh, it's one of the best Layer 2s out there in the Ethereum ecosystem. And they've also pledged to give $1 million of their first sequencer fees to public goods in the Ethereum ecosystem through what's called retroactive public goods funding. So Carl continues to be a source of inspiration for for me, and I hope that he gives you inspiration for what public goods in the Ethereum ecosystem could become. Without further ado, I give you Carl Flourish. Alchemix is a DeFi app that offers self-repaying loans that lets you spend money and save money at the same time. Alchemix allows you to deposit the DAI stablecoin into its vaults, which earns some of the highest yields that DeFi has to offer. You can then take a loan from Alchemix of up to 50% of the deposited DAI, and that loan automatically pays itself back from the yield that is generated from your deposit. It's a savings account that the banks don't want you to know about. Alchemix also has ETH vaults available, so you, you can get a self-repaying loan that's denominated in ETH. Coming up in Alchemix V2 is a bunch of cool new features such as credit delegation, multi-chain expansion, and DAO revenue sharing and vote boosting. Alchemix lets you get your interest payments on your deposits paid to you upfront. Check out the power of Alchemix at alchemix.fi and make sure to join their extremely vibrant Discord if you want to participate in governance or have any questions about the project. Bankless is proud to be sponsored by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum that lets you trade any token at the current market price. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. The Uniswap Grants program is accepting applications for grants. Do you have something of value that you think you want to contribute to the Uniswap ecosystem? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a unique grant at uniswapgrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. I am here with my co-conspirator in regenerative crypto economics, Carl Flourish, the co-founder of Optimism and of Retroactive Public Goods Funding. Uh, Carl, what's up? How you done? I'm pretty good. I'm really excited to be here and excited to take the green pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us, how did you get into crypto and how did you come to founding Optimism? Well, I guess it all started with my um, my mom and my dad, actually. Um, my <laughs> dad being a uh, uh, kind of radical political contrarian and my mom being a, a Hindu, you know, universal consciousness kind of person. And then uh, and then growing up on things like World of Warcraft, getting me into the, the metaverse, kind of all of those things combined. It was just it was such a natural fit in uh, around like 2015, where I just saw these DevCon Zero videos with with Vitalik. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta get involved. I gotta start doing peer to peer stuff. Google is not for me. Um, 
And uh, yeah, dove right in, worked at uh, Consensus, and then uh, stopped doing that and worked on uh, Casper with Vitalik and, and Vlad and traveled around the world and talked about Ethereum. And uh, it, is, it has been a, a whirling uh, uh, roller coaster ride ever since. Sure. Um, uh, I'm realizing now that you and I overlapped at Consensus probably in 2017, back in the day. Yeah, um, we that's did. where Gitcoin, Gitcoin got its start as well. Um, so I recall that uh, you were a founder of uh, Plasma Group, which was doing research on Plasma, and that's become Optimism, which is one of the top layer twos based off optimistic, optimistic rollups. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. Okay, so what happened was, you know, was working at was working at Ethereum, and we needed to scale this thing. It was known from you know from the inception that we needed to scale up the the core software, the core protocol, and there was really a question of whether or not you know we scale it at the kind of base layer using layer one, or if we allow for a little bit of permissionless innovation and start scaling at layer two. And so uh, myself, uh, Jing, Ben, Kelvin we all kind of formed this group, this ragtag coalition called Plasma Group, which, is, which was exploring and researching kind of the, 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 the deepest depths of Plasma, which was a, a layer two technology that is now being kind of brought into fruition, kind of evolved into this whole optimistic roll-up uh, roll space and has served as a lot of foundational elements So we, uh, for, that, for that technology. So we worked on it from 2018, 2019, um, and then realized that there were some fundamental limits that made Plasma not quite perfect for scaling Ethereum, that we needed to really scale Ethereum at its essence. And we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's fund Optimism PBC, a public benefit corporation to scale Ethereum using Layer 2 because we can innovate, we can permissionlessly change the protocol and build what we needed to build. So that was, that was really amazing. But there was actually a side story that I think is relevant to, uh, mm -hmm. to this podcast. Um, and that actually has to do more with the, the public benefit corporation side of things. Um, Plasma Group was a nonprofit. And we set out to scale Ethereum. And... Clearly, scaling Ethereum is a quintessential public good for the Ethereum ecosystem. It is extremely, right. extremely important for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that it was extremely difficult to get the funding, to get the talent, to get people to rally behind scaling Ethereum at a normal nonprofit. And that's just because there's no potential upside there's no kind of path forward once you mm. actually do scale ethereum right and there wasn't even a lot of funding for scalability research in ethereum right. like the block what, reward what, what was yeah. the vitalik post that said this billions of dollars per year is given to the block reward which is a public good it's securing the ethereum network but one one thousandth of that actually goes to researchers and I wonder if that's because uh, we don't value that that public good or if it's just because it's hard to prove the usefulness of it. With proof of work, you have the proof of work, but what, you can't have a proof of knowledge work for code because it's almost like, well, the code I wrote this morning, I don't know if it'll ever go live. And even, even if it does, does it even provide value? So do you think it's it's combined with people not uh, appreciating public goods or the unprovability of of the value of that public good or, or both or, or something else? 
without question, it's both. Um, mm. I think that it was the case. It is the case that we did not build these. Pr- the, okay. Ethereum solved a lot of problems, <laughs> right? It really did amazing. There was, it's a full technology stack from the peer to peer layer to the mm-hmm. consensus layer, everything. So they did not solve governance as well. Right. And governance is probably the hardest problem to solve because what you're talking about with like determining what is valuable is really a governance question. So it was so natural that we just say, okay, you know what? We can't solve governance. We know that we need to be supporting and building these public goods. Let's just kick the problem down the road and let's give the money to the miners. We know we need to fund them. Um, And it worked for a while, but it eventually has become very obvious that there is a huge market failure here. Like this is absolutely the most egregious market failure in the Ethereum ecosystem, in my opinion, is the lack of public goods funding that uh, we have seen thus far. Right. Okay. And so it was these insights that kind of led you just to fund to, well, it was moving from plasma, which I understand to, to optimism, which is about generalizable computation at a layer two, but also bundling in maybe an economic model into the work that you were doing, going from a nonprofit to a public benefit corporation, which I understand is focused on the, is a for-profit entity, but it is focused on public benefit as, as well. Is that right? Exactly. So we have a charter to enshrine fair access to public goods. That means that that is, you know, the number one thing we need to do that to fulfill our mission as a corporation. And that mentality is it's great. And and public benefit corporations are really great vehicles for doing public goods work. But it was not just the structure of the entity that that we care about. In fact, the entity structure is just a temporary thing. The real lasting change is going to be rewiring the economic system that exists on Ethereum today, where transaction fees, instead of just going to miners, can actually go back to fund public goods for the whole community. That's that was a key motivating factor. That is, in fact, that is why it's so important that we scale Ethereum. It's because we have an opportunity to create that system that will fund public goods and will govern those public goods and the, the, you know, the protocol in a fair and representative way. What I think is interesting about what Optimism is doing is that it's bundling a bleeding edge technology with almost a, a sort of political belief, which is that public goods are good. And when you use the optimism network, you're not only benefiting from that technology, but you're getting that bundled ethos. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really like the financial infrastructure that you use should support your values and carry, care about your values. And so I want to use optimism, right? Because I care, cause I, cause I will be benefiting from the public goods and I believe in the pursuit of public goods and the green pill and all that. Right. Okay. Well, um, I guess what, what I want to, like the big idea to me here is bundling one of the most successful layer twos in the Ethereum ecosystem. And by the way, the Ethereum scaling roadmap is all about shards in layer two, um, bundling that with retroactive public goods funding. So could you, could you tell us about retroactive public goods funding in the world that you want to create using that? Absolutely. So 
Vitalik really had, I mean, Vitalik has, is the genesis of literally like every idea. It's pretty ridiculous, <laughs> honestly. Um, but uh, one idea that Vitalik has had, had recently and just has captivated me ever since was this, this idea that you should fund public goods that have already had an impact. And the, the, this idea is like really simple, right? It's literally just retroactive. Something that has already happened, that has already had a positive impact, you give money to the people who did that. And the point is that you'd give it to them without an expectation that they're going to do more work, right? It is a literal reward for their impact, for their the public good that they have created. Um, and the weird thing about retroactive public goods funding is that the immediately you're like, okay, if everything was retroactive, then how am I going to get paid a salary, right? How am I going to actually get paid for my work? And the funny thing is it's actually a second order effect. This is the, the key. The key insight is that if you consistently pay people for the work that they provide and the value that they contribute to the public, to the public good, then you will start to see people investing in the public goods, Right. It's not this like immediate, you know, feedback. You're not paying someone a salary. You are instead incentivizing the investment in public goods. And so the the way that this kind of hooks in is it's like, okay, if 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 you're transacting and or whether or not whether or not your uh, whatever the source of funding is, right? You you can accumulate these these huge payouts based on the massive amounts of economic financial activity that we will have as a globe right mm -hmm. you generate all this stuff and then you use that to essentially reward people who helped you get there right you look at their mm -hmm. contributions you see who has been unfairly rewarded let me give right. back to them right so um would it be fair to say that I, you're, this is an original insight back at plasma group which is that it's hard to rally talent around nonprofits. what if we created a world in which public goods are as investable as the average VC startup that has a thousand X upside because we've created a world where public goods funding has billions of dollars of capital flowing towards it. Then you get this upstream effect where VCs will start looking for projects that uh, create public goods in open source software or climate or journalism or whatever public good. So it's about creating that world in which you can rally capital around uh, public goods. Is, is that fair to say? Beautifully put, beautifully put. So how's the how'd the first experiment go? You all just finished uh, retroactive public goods round one. Tell us about that. Indeed, we did. So we gave away a million dollars. We had a collection of 24 what we call badge holders who were essentially evaluating these projects, discussing them in the open and uh, kind of considering, figuring out what good Ethereum, what Ethereum public goods should should we retroactively reward. And, and it was great. It was, I mean, it was honestly pretty amazing to be able to do that in the first place. And just, you know, that is the very beginning, right? Uh, this is, this will be table stakes when, uh, mm. you know, a, a year from now. Um, but it was, there were, there were actually some interesting challenges that we, that we found there that, that we weren't really expecting. One of them was, uh, that it wasn't immediately obvious what a public good is, or how to really, you know, what to retroactively fund. Um, because it, it, in reality, it's kind of, there's, there's a little bit of a gradient in terms of 
uh, you know, how you define public goods, what, what a right. good is, who's, you know, benefiting all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Totally. And so, yeah, so it was really not, not super easy. Um, but we came one, one framework that actually was really helpful in thinking about this was the fairness ratio. So the fairness ratio is something that uh, uh, some uh, you know folks over at Uniswap during a dinner conversation uh, suggested. Shout out to you know those folks. Um, anyway, it is impact over profit. So impact divided by profit. So essentially, what you want is you want to you want everything to be fair, right? You want everyone to give one value, you know, one unit of impact and receive one unit of profit, right? You want value in to equal value out, right? Because that's, that's like, if we can define what we value as a society, as a collective, as a public, and then we can give people the value that they have put into the system to the public, then you can start operating as an actor in that system knowing that you'll be rewarded you think okay how can i make the highest impact today right, right. that is like the only thing on your mind how do i make the highest impact so mm -hmm. the so we realized that okay um projects that have made a bunch of profits even though they have added a huge amount of like value and they have had a huge impact but if they've made a huge amount of profits maybe they're not the right targets for these retroactive rewards right. and instead we should be giving profits like increasing the profits of mm -hmm. the public goods that are underfunded right now. And so actually, in some ways, public goods funding is is almost about, you know, making the economy a little bit fairer and and correcting market inefficiencies. So anyway, that was an I did not expect that kind of discussion when yeah, going into experiment one. It's an interesting governance problem. It reminds me about how on Gitcoin grants, there has been backlash against people who have raised tokens or VCs continuing to get Gitcoin grants funding, like hands off, keep your money, keep the money for the public goods that have not raised that money. And like, it's like the same governance problem, but chopped up in different bits in both ecosystem. And it's, it's kind of fun to look in the mirror and to, to hear how y'all have handled it. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask, uh, so like, what's the end game with retroactive public goods funding? You know, paint me a picture of, let's say it's 2025. What does the world look like? What is the world that you want to build with retro public goods funding? The world that I want, that I hope exists, that I hope mm. I can participate in, because <laughs> that's what this is about, right? Mm. Um, it's a world where all of my digital assets, my financial activity, my crazy Web3 metaverse activity, all of that stuff contributes to values that I believe in and contributes to mm. making a fairer, more just society where I know mm. that I can focus on value add, right? I don't need to think mm. about anything other than let me make a real big impact. Mm. That if, 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 if that exists, right? I, I, I mean, I'm obsessed with emergent complexity. I'm obsessed mm. with like emergence generally as a thing. And right. I have this sneaking suspicion that the, the crazy, um, like the world, I mean, you talk about this, the solar punk stuff, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the, the incredible just potential future that we can live in, that the simple rule that gets us there well, couple, there are a couple of simple rules, but you know mm. what I mean is <laughs> there's one correctly aligning the values, determining what we mm. value, right? Coming up with right. systems for, for deciding the values of our society as a, you know, species, right? That's, that's one. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is reflecting those values in our 
economic infrastructure mm-hmm. and making sure people who put in value get out value. So I'm mm-hmm. really hopeful that in, in 2025, I can work for a DAO <laughs> doing whatever I want to do uh, that I think is going to really have a huge impact. I don't have to worry about profit. I know it's covered. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just contributing. I'm just a, a worker bee, you know? Right. So, <laughs> So is there an opportunity, like, would it be fair to say that there's an asymmetry between value created and value captured with legacy business models and the way that the world works right now? And the more that we can close that asymmetry between the value you create in the world and the value you can capture, the more people can just focus on creating value as opposed to capturing value. Is is that a fair uh, reflection of what you said? Precisely, yes. And And it just, one of the dependencies of that is that people do feel like the right values are being rewarded, right? We, we do reward things that we value in some messed up sense, right? But we don't have good mm. mechanisms right now for, for collectively determining our values. Mm. Um, and so that is a key ingredient, this mm. whole governance question. And, and I think for that, it's really gonna, it's gonna require a lot of, in, a lot of iterations and innovations. But yes, that is the future I wanna live in. So you meant you mentioned uh, what is the mechanism through which we determine our values, and I, I want to double click on that because I think it's really interesting. Um, one of the things that I've realized is that when I buy something on Amazon and like it improves my life, like a new computer monitor or something like that, I really appreciate it because I like I spent money on that, and and I know that I value it. And one of the things I've noticed is that people, uh, public goods are kind of like out of sight, out of mind, and there's like a there's 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 kind of like an asymmetry there where. Um, public goods are actually really, really important, but because they're out of sight, out of mind, I don't, I don't appreciate them on uh, as much. So like, you know, what's, what's the value of having a new computer my, monitor if the sky is on fire or if you have lung cancer because of like not clean air or like, you know, you, you, you don't have open source software. And so I think that there's an asymmetry there. And, and I guess what I'm teeing up for you, Carl, is, um, you know, what's your favorite public good or like, what's your top three list of, of public goods that you think are good? Mm, okay. Wow. I got a long list. Okay. I'll just say my, okay. I'm not, there is not an ordered list. It's too hard to choose. You can't rank these kinds of things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, (laughs) One of them is definitely uh, information dissemination. So Mm. one public good is I, I, I want open source software that allows me to better reflect my values or my, I want my software that I use every day to better reflect my values. And, and mm-hmm. that can go from anything from my, my Twitter feed, what things get, get, you know, populated, um, there, the, the way that I'm able to spread information. Like I want public goods that help us spread pro cooperative information or mm. pro like, you know, societally helpful information. Mm. I think that's a really, that's going to enable a lot of other public goods. Right. Okay. So like WASME media, like reminds us that we're all in it together and, and helps us uh, disseminate information that reflects our values and helps us work together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, look, I want to, I want to get like mad at people too, you know, like I want to feel like angry at the other tribes too, but like, I just want that to be like correctly uh, channeled into uh, uh, some, the, the right avenues. So I'm not, yes. Mm. Anyway, um, that's cool. one thing. The other one is of course, I mean, low key, I, I, okay. This is my recent, I've recently just been listening to some podcasts on environmental protection and I'm like, mm. my God, it is legit. Like this is, this is a, the, the, the long-term future of humanity. 
really really interesting to think about i definitely am, am very wasteful but i don't want to be i would mm -hmm. love to improve that um and then the last one which is of course the most key to 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 my current existence is the scalability of this financial yeah. infrastructure i do i do want i really want ethereum to succeed and to support the global economy because uh i think every human matters and we should include every human and be able to include every human. Amazing. Yeah, if you didn't put the scalability of Ethereum on there, I think I, I would have to kick <laughs> you under the table and say, hey, man, show some optimism uh, it, or some Gitcoin grants. That'd be fine, too. Living a bankless life requires taking control of your own private keys, not your keys, not your crypto. That's why so many in the bankless nation already have their Ledger hardware wallet. But the Ledger ecosystem is much more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet, the Ledger live app, and soon the CL crypto life card powered by Ledger. The CL card powered by Ledger is a crypto debit card with powerful features like an instant exchange to fiat, where crypto assets are only sold at the moment that you swipe your card, and also credit from crypto collateral, where you can collateralize your crypto assets in order to get a higher credit limit. You'll be able to manage your CL card powered by Ledger inside the Ledger Live app, right next to all the DeFi apps and services that you're already used to using, making the Ledger Live app your one-stop shop for all of your financial needs. Go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, and download Ledger Live to get all of your DeFi applications all in one place. Arbitrum is an Ethereum scaling solution that's going to completely change how we use DeFi and NFTs. Over 250 projects have already deployed on Arbitrum, and Arbitrum's DeFi and NFT ecosystems are growing rapidly. Arbitrum increases Ethereum speed by orders of magnitude for a fraction of the cost of the average gas fee. When interacting with Arbitrum, you can get the performance of a centralized exchange while tapping into Ethereum's level of decentralization and security. If you're a developer who wants low gas fees and instant transactions for your users, visit developer.offchainlabs.com to get started building your application on Arbitrum. If you're a user, keep an eye out for your favorite DeFi apps or NFT projects building on Arbitrum. Many of your favorite apps are already live, with many more coming over soon. You can find these apps at portal.arbitrum.one, and you can bridge your assets over to Arbitrum using bridge.arbitrum.io in order to experience DeFi and NFTs the way it was always meant to be. Fast, cheap, and friction-free. So I want to ask you a couple closing questions. Um, and, and I think that this last one is, is kind of meta because you work for a project called Optimism. But Carl, you're consistently one of the most charismatic, energetic, and optimistic speakers for public goods. And I want to ask where your optimism comes from, where that energy comes from when you're, when you're rapping about this stuff. <laughs> rapping is the, the opportune word. Um, <laughs> I would say that there's a level of, I mean, okay, first off, I feel blessed to be in this community. And so mm -hmm. I feel grateful. And so the energy that I put out, I really do feel like I get it, you know, and it's more of a reflection. Like the, the people here are just un unbelievable. Um, and I, I am really excited to, to like see where it goes and i okay here here's the thing right we can either we can either choose to be uh to you know not think that there's a possibility for change and not think that we can actually make an impact and and change and and go somewhere good and or we can try to make try to make that world actually come about and then have a good time as we do it so like i here's my you know if the if the ship is going to sink 
I want to be like plugging the holes and singing and like having a good time as we're like, you know, fighting for our lives to make sure that, you know, humanity actually succeeds Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, consciousness pervades. Um, and like, if I was all, you know, depressed and sad while the thing was happening, like, that's like, that's lame, you know, have a, have a journey, have a, have fun, keep it it light, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll say is that if, if we're going to try to plug the holes in the, in the ship, then it's more fun to do it all together. And I find your energy to be completely infectious. And there's this feedback loop where we all choose coordinate over defect. And the more people choose coordinate, the better, uh, the coordinate decision becomes for everyone else. And it's, it's that feedback loop that I'm really excited about. Ethers Phoenix, you will be rewarded for your coordination in the future. Mm-hmm. Public good, solar punk, mm-hmm. utopia. Hello, hello, this is an Ethers Phoenix TLDR. So Ethereum is all about building systems which enable mass coordination. And the most fundamental coordination game that we're trying to solve in Ethereum is the tragedy of the commons, AKA free rider problem, AKA prisoner's dilemma. In these games, you have two choices. You can either defect or you can cooperate. Defecting maximizes your short-term payouts, but cooperation maximizes your long-term payouts. And right now, if you think about it, right now it feels like we're living in a world where everyone is defecting. Cooperation is in scarce supply. So how do we stay strong and cooperate in a world full of defectors? I got an answer for you. It's Ether's Phoenix put a little faith into your life. So what's Ether's Phoenix? I'm glad you asked. Um, So picture a future where public goods are being rewarded with profits equal to their impact, right? Fairness ratio, we are rewarding public goods. Well, we can call this future, this utopian future, Ether's Phoenix. In this world, One of the most critical things that deserves retroactive public goods funding, reminder, that's just paying people rewards for the public goods they create. One of the things that deserves retroactive public goods funding is not just the futuristic public goods, but it's the early contributors who made that future a reality. That's the contributors like you and me today. So Ethers Phoenix will look back in time and reward us, the early cooperators, the early public goods creators. It's kind of like a reverse Roko's Basilisk, which is an evil AI that punishes you if you don't summon it. But instead, Ethers Phoenix rewards you for your early investment in public goods. So let's build public goods, let's invest in public goods, and let's start a retroactive public goods revolution. That's Ethers Phoenix for you. We just heard from Carl Flourish talking about Ether's Phoenix, which is the opposite of Ruko's Basilix. Ruko's Basilix is a demon that punishes you for not summoning it. And Ether's Phoenix is a angel that rewards you for summoning it. So it's basically a recursive algorithm that retroactively rewards public goods funders in order for bringing public goods into existence. One of the things that's most interesting to me about Ether's Phoenix is like, how do you know that it's good? So basically in the X-Men series, there's a character that becomes the Phoenix and she like turns on the X-Men for a little bit. And so I'm wondering if you're building the, bringing this Phoenix into the world, how do you know that it's a good Phoenix? And I think the answer is that at the center of it is that the algorithm only rewards you if you fund public goods. 
And that's a really hard problem to know like which public goods to invest in, but in the present moment. But if you do it retroactive, then basically there's a lot of consensus about how much public good, say lib P2P has created or scaffold ETH or other public goods in the ecosystem. So basically you've got a recursive algorithm that rewards public goods funders for creating public goods. And then the result of that is Ether's Phoenix. So really interesting take from Carl Flourish. So I, I, my experience with Gitcoin grants is I've been doing this for four years and it is sometimes a grind. I work long hours and uh, sometimes things blow up in my face. And I want to ask, like, it, have you found, have, do you feel like you've been grinding and like, you know, how do you keep that optimism alive when you're just working really hard on this to, on, on such a huge ambitious mission? Wow. A lot of things. One, know your boundaries, mm. make sure that you don't stretch yourself too thin. I have become extremely depressed to the point of, you know, being mm. like suicidal, being very scared, very, very depressed um, because I pushed my boundaries and did not know what I needed to like be a happy and healthy human being. Um, so that is very real. Mental health is very real. Um, another thing is just during the grind, trying to keep the, trying to keep the, the, you know, everything in perspective, right? Like we are, we are very small. We are very insignificant. We are part of these like big waves up and down. And, um, it's, you know, can't, you can't get, you can't, I, I, I feel like very afraid sometimes of like losing what I have, right? I'm just like so fearful of change. And it's really hard to remind myself constantly, like change is okay, whether it's up or down, like it is totally fine. And that, you know, once you, once you like let go a little bit, it's, it's a lot easier to be, um, to feel good, right? You're, you're maintaining your mental health, you're being happy, you're, you're, you know, doing that. And you're also not afraid of the future and, you know, that helps with anxiety. So anyway, <laughs> it's a, it's non-trivial, you know, but, but, uh, totally. But good vibes are important. Nice, for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you that you that you want to say about regen finance, crypto economics, green pills, solar punk worlds? Is there anything I didn't ask that you want to say? Can I ask you? How would you define what? Sure. What is what is your? Uh, I just love the term regen finance. Mm -hmm. What is regen finance? Well, back in DeFi summer, there was this thing called uh, Degens. Like the DGEN score, DGEN became a meme. And it, I think it was kind of uh, focused around people who are gambling with speculation in crypto. And uh, what, I've, what we've been trying to do with Gitcoin Grant's mission is to build and fund the open web. We want to create a world where the media and software engineer can quit their job at JP Morgan Chase and work for the public good, work on open source. And I think that uh, regen for me is just the opposite of degen. Instead of focusing on instant gratification and that gambling and that race to the bottom of the brainstem, it's about creating a, a world where we're focused on a little bit more long-term values, where we're focused on creating the world that we want to live in. Regenerative means that there is positive externalities to the work that you do as opposed to negative externalities. And so I think that regenerative crypto economics are mechanisms that create positive externalities. And that's what we're trying to meme into existence. But I don't know. Our marketing guy is like, Kevin, just pick a meme. Is it regen finance? Are you green pilling people? <laughs> are you creating more solar punk world? And I say it's it's all those things. So um yeah, I mean, what what would you call it if you had to if you had to meme the world we're trying to create? I would honestly in 
I would call it all the things and I'd find mm. one champion for each meme because mm. it's really about telling the stories in different ways and it's all the yeah. same story, right? I really think that we are all saying the same things 99% of the time. We're, we're all kind of, mm. you know, we are definitely in this together um, in a yeah. very real way. So I think uh, kind of to each to each their own and um, sure. Yeah, one of the I, things I'm yeah. I, one of the things I'm hoping to do is you know you can you can you can describe the world as much as you can, but if you can show show it to people, um, you know, sort of a like ghost of Christmas future style, like show them the world that we're building is is much better than telling them. And and one of the things that's really exciting about me to me is that all of the regen projects that you're going to hear on this Green Tail podcast all stack on top of each other. Proof of humanity uh, and retroactive public goods funding and Gitcoin grants and common stack all can be, and it can create a more solar punk public goods world. And if we can show people that world instead of tell them it, then I think that's what will really get people to turn the corner. Beautiful, yeah, and I, I totally agree. And I just wanna remind people that even if it's green and and regen and all these kinds of good, you know, good vibes mm -hmm. things. It's also going to be fun and going to be crazy and you're going to get your ups and downs, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. We, we, uh, uh, <laughs> I think we can have fun while we're improving and causing ex positive externalities. I feel like there's a, there's maybe like, it's, uh, uh, like so there's some kind of like weird appeal to self-interestness you know but i think that we can align our self-interests right that's the that's the mm -hmm. thing i don't think that we should be like shunning self-interest we should al align our self-interests and have mm -hmm. have a have a good time with them so anyway that's my yeah uh, <laughs> yeah aligning the profit motive with the motive to do good can be a really powerful thing when those two things intersect yeah so regens are, is, is fun regen is fun all right, Carl Flourish of Optimism. How can people find you and how can people find you, the projects you're working on online? Great. So uh, I work at Optimism PBC. That's out at Optimism mm. PBC. Definitely go to optimism.io. That's, that's, that's the place to be. Mm. Um, and then um, I'm on Twitter at Carl underscore dot underscore tech. Um, and yeah, definitely follow Vitalik also. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Well, Carl, Carl Flourish, thank you so much for being on the inaugural episode of Green Pilled. Great to have you and looking forward to having you back in 2024 once we've created a more Green Pilled world. Beautiful. Peace out. Peace. Bye. <laughs>